and we're going to be discussing who is she. I'm pretty sure you all have seen her before. A lot of people who've been following me for a while, you ended up following her um, from seeing her on my page and seeing us travel and teach together. Um, I think last year, no, two years ago. Um, And so that was three years ago. My goodness. Oh, two. Man, time is flying. So um, we're going to get into her story. Uh, She has went viral several times on Instagram. Uh, I've been trying to get her on Facebook. So she's on Facebook now. Um, so we're going to get into her story. She has a lot to offer. She has a healing place where she's helping a lot of people heal just from that environment. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. So we're going to get into her background. And if you guys have any uh, questions that can help you out in your life, um, I think this would be a good time to ask because um, that's what she does all day long on Instagram, on live, things of that nature. So before we get started, if someone was to say, who is Sister Ajna Sarah? What would be your response? I'm just a reflection of you. So whatever you see in me are qualities that you possess within yourself. Some people look at me and they're inspired and they want to heal and they want to grow and they want to develop themselves. Some people look at me and they're intimidated. Some people look at me and they're angered or they're triggered for some reason. And I'm just a reflection of how you feel about yourself. Personally, I believe that like, Everybody that we meet is an opportunity for us to get to know ourselves from a different angle. Mm. So nobody is really who you who you think they are. People are who you truly be. And what you see in them is a reflection of something unresolved or something healed or healing or something that you take pleasure in or something that you're embarrassed or ashamed about within yourself. So when you make that introduction and you meet somebody and you think, hey, they're beautiful. That's because something about this energy has made you feel a way that you want to give it a compliment. If you meet somebody and you say, hey, I can't stand them or, oh, why would you be with them? It's something in their energy that triggers something in you that caused you to feel some way about yourself that you put it back on the reflection. So, hey. And the name Ajna Sarah, uh, Mm -hmm. what what year or how long ago? Um, did this name come about and what is the inspiration uh, behind the name? All right. So in about 2013, I was deep on my spiritual journey and I had at the end of the year, at the end of 2013, I had done a shamanic travel and meditation and the name came forth when I got the, when I had got the reading in a way, the name came forth. 2014, the whole year ended up really being a very challenging year for me. It made me go within myself so deeply. Um, I had experienced an assault that positioned me to handle everybody in my life differently, especially men that I dealt with. And so as I was doing my best to stay sane and to navigate through myself, that's when I was able to explore, okay, well, what is Ajna and what does it mean? And Ajna is your third eye chakra. It's your sixth chakra and the seventh that we mainly deal with. And it's the seat of your soul. It's where your pineal gland is um, tucked away in your brain. So that's how I got the name because I was always in a place where I was offering different measures and levels of enlightenment to others. I could get downloads and process them. People could share things with me that was so complex to them And I can help them make really easy sense of it, really simple sense of it. And that's directly correlated to your abilities with your crown chakra and your Ajna, the way that you see things, the way that you process things. So that's where the name came from. I got it in a spiritual reading. And so the Sarah, what does that mean? And where where did that name come? 
that's the text. That's me in my life. Keeping note, keeping track, manifesting, and then having an actual dialogue that is written or scribed to help other people navigate through. So we may know Sarah to be text. I know in the Holy Quran, that's what a lot of the text names are referred to. So that's, that's me immortalized by way of scribing. That's Sarah. How would you describe your, um, your childhood? And Traumatic. <laughs> be, because there's a lot of people I feel like um, gravitate to you because it's relatable. When you speak, it comes from a place of experience and they feel like maybe finally somebody has been through something that I've been through. So how would you describe, you know, your, your upbringing and what you've been through? It was it was really traumatic. There were certain parts that were highlights that um, got me through. There were certain parts that taught me how to cope. But my childhood overall, it was like lemony snickets in its own way, like a series of unfortunate events, like one unfortunate event after another, after another, after another, and like unnatural traumas that I didn't realize were equipping me for me to be who I am now and for me to assist the way that I do now. But it wasn't a fun place. Can you give an example of something that was um, that you're willing to share um, that was traumatic that you learned to overcome and turned it into a lesson because there's a lot of people who go through things and they feel, you know, woe is me. Why did this mm -hmm. happen to me? And they allow that to be a, uh, a barrier in their life. So how is there, what, what circumstance have you been through that you was able to overcome? And now that you overcame, it actually made you a whole better human being. Well, specifically, I can contemplate the reality. I was, I dealt with a lot of sexual abuse in my life growing up from my childhood and even having a, um, a violation in my adult life. I've only experienced one violation in my adult life. I had many in my childhood and being able to overcome and build a healthy relationship with myself that I can experience a good relationship with my children when I speak to them about body protectiveness and how to govern themselves like to raise sons that your daughters don't have to be afraid of the way that i'm able to do that is by reflecting on the times in my life where i wished somebody would have raised their son in a different way to handle me differently or somebody would have raised their daughter in a different way to handle me differently but it took time king because in all actuality like i went through a phase well, I was very, very interesting in my dealings with men. So because I didn't have a father growing up, I would look for men that I could benefit from in some way, like protect me or buy me something. And I ended up having a situation in my life where that mentality came back to haunt me. And it ended up getting me in a very, very sticky situation where I was violated and it ended up in pregnancy and that was the epiphany of me no longer entertaining men that I'm not interested in. Even though my whole life, when I started to date my late teens into my early twenties and beyond, I would like entertain men that I didn't like. I would take their gifts. I would, you know, allow them to do certain things for me. I would take their benefits knowing how I really felt about them or I would condition the atmosphere 
to receive something from them knowing that they were really, really into me and I wasn't into them. It took a very traumatic situation in my life that changed the way I handle men, period. So that's something that I can say for sure. I speak to a, y'all, a lot of young girls about it, too. A lot of women like don't don't entertain men that you're not interested in. That's one of the most dangerous things that you could do. There's there's already people in the comments saying that they can relate to this. So I've heard uh, people say that, you know, I didn't have a father or they went through something traumatic with their father. And as they grow up, it actually they actually attract people that they don't like almost. So Mm -hmm. how how do how does somebody get out of that? thing to where they're 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 not seeking somebody that they truly love they're not uh, seeking somebody that they truly want to be with they're subconsciously seeking something else that they shouldn't be seeking how do somebody get over that well i would love for you to consider providing it for yourself like date yourself Mm. take yourself out if you want to be touched go get a massage you know you can buy a weighted blanket Build the relationship with yourself that you want the world to give you because the fact that you don't have that connection to yourself and you want it from the world, it is why you are attracting these manipulative or these very, very um, disgruntled situations in your life where it may look like an abusive relationship or it may look like a manipulative connection. And it's because you are manipulating and you have an abusive relationship with yourself. Mm. So that's one of the main things. Like I tell people all the time, how do you expect something from someone that you don't even give to yourself and then you're mad that they didn't give it to you? So it teaches you how to hold yourself accountable. So I tell I tell women, specifically women, I deal with a lot of women, but the world is populated by women mostly. And I deal with my fair share of brothers too, but over 75% of the people that um, I connect with, that I build with are women. And I tell them, if you want something from a partner, from a lover, how will you even know that it's true to the authentic vibration that you desire to experience it if you never gave it to yourself? Mm. So give yourself your best experiences. And then if you really, really like it, you know, this may be something that I want to keep to myself until I encounter an energy that's worthy of sharing this part with me, as opposed to seeking out individuals to be the best you for you. And it's difficult. It comes in the form of running yourself a bath and like all the way to something as simple as. We don't talk to ourselves. Many of us don't even speak to ourselves. We we live every day in every way. And we don't even say hello to us. Like, hey, how you doing? You know, how you feeling today? What can I do to make you feel better? But we will be upset that we're dating or courting someone who didn't text us today. Mm. And you will feel some kind of way about it. Like they're doing me an injustice. The least you could do is say hi to me. When there's an energy that lives inside of you that's feeling the same way. I'll be with you all the time. You don't even ask me how I'm doing. You you will ask somebody else, did you eat today? I'm just checking on you, but we ain't ate. You will go out and do your best to give somebody the best version of you while you ain't even took a bath in months. You just shower real quickly, wash your body up hard, and then jump out, and then you're moving on. You don't caress your legs, and you don't take the time to go get facials and take care of yourself, but then you want to offer these benefits to another and then we wonder why we often sabotage ourselves 
because it's a part of ourselves that feels some kind of way about us. We watch what we do to ourselves. So that's what I would love for them to consider. Like the relationship that you want with a partner, with a friend, give it to yourself so that you know it's real. So that when somebody else is introduced into your experience, you will know if they're giving you real love or not because you've been giving real love to yourself so you know what it really feel like. And that's what I would love for people to take seriously. Do you do you think that past um, past instances in somebody's life affects their future? And if so, I always like hearing your perspective on forgiveness when they ask you this on live. And if so, is it um, is it necessary that they forgive what happened in their past in order to properly move forward? I do believe that past instances have a grave grave effect not only on our present moments but on our future because whatever happens like it's always right now no matter what's going on it's never not right now so if you are in denial about something that previously happened and you're supposed to learn from it it's going to keep repeating itself in your present moment and you will keep dragging it into your future so that just looks like you're in a perpetual groundhog's day where you are just like repeating the same situations. You may meet the same energy in a different case in where all of your lovers are the same. You keep meeting the same kind of women. You keep meeting the same kind of men. You keep having the same kind of experiences on your job. And it's because you are in a perpetual state of unwillingness to evolve because you're in denial. And so the moment that we decide to no longer be in denial is the moment that we begin to liber literally liberate ourselves. And that's when we can free ourselves up in the present moment, when we're honest about what happened in the past. And that's how we create a new future. As far as forgiveness is concerned, forgiveness is for you. And the moment that you feel like you have to let somebody know that you've forgiven them, not only do you put yourself at jeopardy, especially somebody that, that, is living their life, you know. It may be somebody that's just navigating through their experience that has done something to you that they didn't apologize for and because you reached a place, you want to let them know that they're forgiven. That's not for them. That's for you. And when you're not in a place where you've forgiven yourself, all you've done was open up the door for them to hurt you worse than they did last time. So I always tell people, I would love for you to consider forgiving yourself first. I don't want anybody anybody to have more mercy on anybody else than they have for themselves so what landed you in the predicament where you were now positioned in somebody else's experience where some kind of wrong has taken place that now you feel like you need to forgive them because they've done something to you what did you do in your life to land you in that space how did you position yourself what vulnerability did they take advantage of? What part of yourself were you were in denial about? Or what mischievousness were you activated in that you positioned yourself to have an ought against somebody else or somebody to have an ought against you? Forgive yourself. Adjust yourself. And then once you're in that place and you genuinely have forgiveness for yourself, it's so much simpler to forgive other people because you've been with you your whole life and you still managed to mishandle yourself. Now, if you've been with you for 20-something years... 30-something years, 40, 50, 60 years, and you still manage to mishandle yourself. 
How dare you feel some kind of way about somebody who's only known you for six years, four months, three years, two months, that they mishandle you when you've been with you your whole life and you still drop the ball on yourself. Mm. So that's what I'm learning how to do. Like, I just go in. When you don't go within, you go without. Wow. And, Heavy. Um, what did you see yourself being um, as a young lady? Uh, when you was younger, maybe, but, you know, under the age of 15, what was your dream career uh, growing up? Never married, never with children. I never wanted that life. Like, you know, how some people envision themselves like when I get older, I'm going to be a wife and I'll have my babies. And, you know, they want the white picket fence. I never wanted that life for myself. I just saw myself traveling the world and. I would go wherever I wanted to go and I would do whatever I wanted to do. And I would always be home because I would allow myself to be so free and so genuine in my experience that wherever I was and whoever I was around, they would feel that same liberty in my presence and they would just crave me to come back. And I would just go from places to places throughout the world, spreading that kind of joy. So that's that's how I'd say myself, like just lose like a beautiful fairy gypsy, just like just magically me all over the planet. I never seen myself like being, you know, an a, a entrepreneur with an international, you know, global community, you know, a mother of two sons in the home. You know, I, I never seen this life for myself. Mm. I never I never seen it. What uh, that you're willing to share, what has been the hardest thing for you to overcome and what did you do to overcome it? Hmm. Honestly, I thought that the hardest thing for me to overcome was like when I carried the child of the person that violated me and I didn't abort. And I had to deal with all the manipulation and like, it was just like so many layers, so many layers to it. It was like, at first they apologized for not getting up. Then they apologized for me having to find out later that they ejaculated. It was like, I, I didn't even know that they ejaculated. Like it was just so many different layers. I thought that going through that pregnancy and carrying the child of my violator, like feeling it move inside of me when it would be times I just wanted to claw my stomach open, like, and rip it out. Like, it, it was it was so traumatic. I thought that life didn't get worse than that. But being publicly stalked and then having other people with an opinion join in and then help my violators stalk me on a public level and, like, the ridicule, the name-calling, the... Just people talking about stuff that they don't know what they're talking about. And then being accused of selling my child. I never, like, that's by far the hardest thing that I've ever experienced in my life. I thought that, like, life, life would test you in levels. I buried my first child when I was 17 years old. I was about to turn 18. I buried my daughter. She died at six months. I thought that was the hardest thing ever, you know? Like you can, if I can bury my baby, I can do anything. Then, you know, years later, I ended up being assaulted. And I thought like, if I could carry a rape baby, like 
I got the strength of my ancestors. Like, this is some slavery shit. I, I can survive anything. Then, like, life would turn up the heat. Like, to be accused of selling your child and have people believe it because somebody created a storm to get attention, to try to destroy you because like, you wouldn't allow them to be a part of your experience. That was another level. And I am surviving it. And the truth doesn't need any, any support. It just stands alone. So to watch the truth just come through the surface and still be, even through everything that I've experienced, I don't know what to say, King. I'm still in the middle of it. Like, I'm enduring it. I see myself growing through it. I'm I'm proud of me on a lot of levels. My children are proud of me. My sons, my community is proud of me. But I'm still making it through. So, that I'm making it through the hardest thing that I've ever experienced. Mm. I, I don't know. I'm making it through it. You have to ask me in another six months to a year as I continue to heal myself and as I continue to grow and as more things become concrete and evident and obvious and people see things for what they are. But I'm in the middle of making it through the hardest thing I've ever experienced. I don't, I'm, I'm doing it now. <laughs> I don't know. I'm doing it right now. And I would like to say that it has been a, uh, a beautiful thing to see how you've been able to uh, maintain the integrity of yourself, maintain the discipline and just maintain being you. You know, you still smile. You still be on live joking. You still be on live having fun. Uh, although you're going through that pain because it can be very, um, I know, traumatic when you actually not only going through something physically, but, you know, now you, you, you're being ridiculed and persecuted in the public and things are saying things that are not true um, and being asked in a manner that, you know, seems to be respectful, but just disrespectful to even ask um, in certain manner. So I am um, really, um, I don't know the word that it is. I would say um, honored to see the, that's not the word I'm looking for, but I'm going to use honor instead. I am honored to see uh, the growth and just the maintaining of all of that uh, in the midst of all of it, because I've seen some of it uh, of course, you've posted some of it on your page in defense of yourself. So it's just cool to actually see somebody go through that fire that many of us are going to have to go through in any kind of way. I feel like anytime we want to do something, I would wish this uh, on nobody. Nobody. <laughs> I feel like anytime we want to be something great, uh, we'll have to go through some type of fire. So to see you go through that type of fire and remain who you are, I think is uh, honorable uh, to me. So my next question is going to be, though, um, What got you into what you are doing now in healing people? Because you easily could say, I got too much stuff going on myself. You know, I, I need to focus on me. Like you just said, before you go out with somebody else, with a man, you need to focus on you, self-love on you. In the midst of you going through all that you're going through, you're still having the healing place. In the midst of you going through all that you're going through, I just literally just heard you say, shoot me a DM, you need a consultation. So how do you even do that? having all the energy you got to give to yourself and then having to give all that energy to somebody else who may be going through a similar situation or somebody died or they done got raped as well, or somebody done got shot. How do you deal with all of that energy? Well, 
Thank you for asking that question because it, it's been one of the ones. And 2020 has been a year that really tested it, like to the capacity of me still being able to get the work done and still being able to be an asset to those who think enough of me to seek me out, to assist them while maintaining myself. And I do it to stay sane. Mm-hmm. I, I, I find my healing in helping other people because I cannot tell you how many times that I've been in a place where I just wanted to stop or like I just wanted to sulk. I wanted to cry or I've been in the middle of tears, in the middle of a breakdown. And then my phone a chime and it's like, well, you better get it together because you got a 7 p.m. Mm. And then when I call on the session and it's somebody else that I'm able to help navigate through their experience, it just reminds me that you can make it through anything, that no matter what, you can make it through anything. And when I see the effect that the things I'm positioned to share and to assist other people with has on their experiences, it keeps me encouraged. So it's medicinal in a way. Like at first I did it because it was a pact. It was something that I had a very, very spiritual experience after I attempted suicide. Um, And this was years and years ago. This was literally like, this was literally, it was over 10 years ago. And I wanted to take my own life. I attempted to. I was hospitalized for the attempt to take my own life. I was I was literally hospitalized. And when I was in the psychiatric stress center, I seen like these beings. And I knew what they were. And I just wanted to die. Like I was just so unhappy. Like my life was never. I, I don't have a happy. I never had a happy life. Like it was never. It was always some kind of bizarre experience that that I will live through that the only reason people believe it is because they seen it. Other than that, it just sounds like you got a really vivid imagination. And I was just so miserable and so unhappy and I just wanted to die. I attempted to take my life. I was hospitalized. When I was hospitalized, I had seen these beings and they told me like, I couldn't leave. And I told them that I wanted to die and they kept saying no. And I said, I can't live like this. Like, yeah, well, let me leave. I want to die. And they told me, like, if you try to take your life again, basically, we're going to F you up. Like, something's going, like, you will not be able to take care of yourself anymore. Mm. But you do not get to leave. You do not get to dismiss yourself from this experience. We won't allow you to. So I was very, very messed up about that. And so I told myself, well, then I can't live like this healthy. And if you help me, I'll show the world how I did it. And so I got released a couple of days after that. And I've always helped people. But after I got released, it was like more people just started asking me more things and inviting me in their experiences like they knew I could help them. Mm. And like in the most compelling in celestial way, I would be able to offer these people answers and epiphanies that assisted them in their journey. And the more I helped the people that came to me, the better I got. Mm. So it was like 
that experience that I had that felt like a dream manifested in my real life. And I just started getting better and better and more and more people would come. And I just started getting better and better. And this was in my private life. This was in, this was before the internet. And I've all, anybody who knows me personally, they attest that they, I'm, I'm a lot of people's go-to. I'm a lot of people's confidant. A lot of people shared their life with me and I've been able to assist them. So it just grew more and more and more and more. And I started to join Instagram. And I joined Instagram originally in 2013. And then I got really, really active on Instagram in 2015. And I just started sharing the things that I was going about and assisting others with in my personal life from maybe the, the 20, 50, 100 people that allowed me into their experience that can attest to the fact that I helped. I just started sharing those things and sharing my life and I just would go viral and more and more people would come to me. And then I started helping these people that I never met before. And they would come back with like testimonials of like, Queen, I did what you said and this is what manifested. Thank you. And I would get all of these testimonials and these people coming to me. And it was real. It was realer than it ever been. And my life changed. And I think that's the reason why I still help. Because I'm so afraid that if I stop, that I that I may lose my mind or something. In all honesty, I don't know. Mm. That's my pact. That was the pact that I made. And then after that, it was just like more and more people started coming and I really started helping them. And it's like, Sometimes this energy just comes over me and, and the things that are shared and the things that are said, when I watch myself back, it's like, wow, like I take notes on things that I watch back. Cause it's like, did y'all hear that? Like that was a bar, but it'd be me. <laughs> like, but it's like, have you ever experienced that? Like, have you ever watched yourself back? It's like, that boy snapped on that one. Did y'all, I gotta, I gotta repost that. Like, that's how it ended up happening. So that's basically it. I help because it's a pact that I made with my spiritual guides. Mm. They told me that if, if I helped, that they would keep me well. And I want to stay well. So I help no matter what's going on, no matter how low I feel, no matter who attacks me, no matter who lies on me, no matter who manipulates my truth. And that's really difficult. When somebody takes your truth and stacks lies on top of it, it's even more difficult. Like, it's like, it's like eating buffalo fish. Like, how do I get the bones out? Mm. So it's like, you know, I just have to remember that I can't stop in the middle. If you're going through hell, you better keep going. If you stop in the middle, that's how you get stuck. You better keep going. Mm. So I just keep going, King. Well, I'm sure you know the comment section is, is on fire right now on Facebook and, and, and YouTube of how many people you're helping right now just by sharing your testimony. You mentioned earlier about the two boys. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of uh, women and men, fathers and mothers, because of their childhood, their childhood ends up coming into their adulthood and it ends up rubbing off on the children. How are mm -hmm. you how are you um, working on not allowing what happened to you in your past to affect your children? What are some things that you're, you're doing to stop that from happening? Thank you for asking. Um, thank you so much for asking that. A lot of what I do is I heal myself with my children simultaneously. A lot of my adult interactions with life have been from a very childish and naive perspective. 
And I had to come to that realization that that was just a little girl in me that needed some healing, that needed some attention, that was putting herself in compromising situations, that was doing things to get attention, that wanted, you know, I, I would compromise myself a lot. I would do a lot of things, a lot of disservices to myself, hoping to get other people to speak my love languages. And because I never got gifts growing up, gifts were one of my love languages. Mm. So when somebody, even if I didn't like you, if you want to speak my love language, now we can have a conversation because that was one of the ways that I fed myself. So what I'm learning how to do now is I reparent myself. I can identify parts of myself that need healing. And then I go in and I allow my children to show me how to heal myself by how I navigate through relationships with them. So it's like, okay, if one of my sons is cutting up or if one of my sons is having a, a tantrum about something or just in his feelings, I go ask myself, okay, well, my given name is Reagan. Reagan, Reagan Gilmore is my given name. So I ask myself, how would little Reagan feel if she was in Aaron's place, which is my eldest son? How would little Reagan feel if she was in the same position as Jaren? which is my baby bear, which is my love child, my youngest son. So when I do that, and then I have conversations with my son on their level, like I talk to them, like, how do, how do you feel about this? If you were the, I ask my children, my two sons, this all the time. If I was your daughter and I did what you did, how would you handle me? I, I allow my children to pick their punishments. I do it in a way that there is nothing to be punished for. And then I say, okay, what do you think would be an appropriate reaction for me to have if you did this thing right here? Okay, what do you think would be a, per a appropriate response for me to have if you did this thing right here? And we have these scenarios and we, we throw them out there. We throw the, um, the um, recommendations out there, whatever they will be. So in the event that my sons do something I allow them to pick their punishment. So I say, you know what? Remember you said if you didn't sweep the floor, that this is how you would have handled your son. Well, you my son and you didn't sweep the floor last night. So I'm going to handle you the way that you feel like you should be handled in this situation. I also, another thing that I do, which is huge in our home, we have honesty hour. We have it at least once a week. Sometimes we have it multiple times a week if the energy is off in our home. And that I recommend that couples consider this. I recommend that friends consider this as you are growing and developing. I especially, especially recommend that parents consider this with their children. I give my children, we come together at least one time a week. And it doesn't matter what you did. You can confess your sins without any recommendation. Mm -hmm. We just have a discussion about it and we adjust ourselves for, for whatsoever. Now, my eldest son, he started abusing honesty hour. He would do stuff and then he would wait to tell on himself so that he knew he wouldn't be punished for it. He would wait to the honesty hour. But then I talked to him about the importance of not manipulating the people that give you an opportunity to evolve yourself. But that's something that's a major way that I don't repeat my childhood. I allow my children to help me reparent myself. And as I reparent myself through their lives, and I'm creating an atmosphere that they don't have to recover from in their adulthoods. I also give them the opportunity to know that the best thing that you could be is honest. 
with the people that love you, even if it feels like you're going to hurt them with your honesty. So what does that look like? And oftentimes when they realize how how detrimental the dishonesty has had on our relationships in the home, they don't want to lie anymore because they don't want to hurt themselves. They don't want to see them. You know, it, it just it works. But you got to work it. With, with that scenario, so people could get a deeper understanding, is the logic behind that, that when they say what they would do, that they're not tampered by, you know, any past trauma? Because, you know, if, if you say it, it may be based on what happened to you, but because you allow them to pick it, they're kind of pure. Is that the logic behind that? Peace, famous your brother Ben X. Thank you for checking out the Brother Ben X podcast. 2021 is all about execution. I looked at 2021 as 2020 vision. You was learning your vision. You was birthing your vision. You don't went through the pain and the pressure to give birth to many ideas that you never would have had without that pandemic. But 2021, me, Brother Derek Grace, Chris Cole, Jake Taylor Jacobs, and 19 Keys, we're pulling all of our courses together to give you guys a roadmap to make y'all some money all 2021 and to most importantly, change your mindset, your family, and your structure for all 2021 you're going to learn about stocks you're going to learn about how to own your own bank so you never have to borrow money from the bank you're going to learn digital real estate you're going to learn in-home banking to set up that family structure if that's something you want to be a part of go get your membership at blackworldorder.com www.blackworldorder.com check out those first two meetings if you win then you win peace absolutely that's why i allowed them to tell me how they would handle certain situations when we are at the height of high vibrations in our house. Like we may be going on a car ride and we may be singing or we may be out to dinner enjoying each other. or We may be cooking in the kitchen or, you know, um, playing, you know, Kamehameha because, you know, I, I Kaioken my children. Like I, I, I keep Tic Tacs. They send some beans in case I got to turn up on my boys. I keep some Tic Tacs. They might send some beans because we Dragon Ball Z in our house. And during those moments, I'll just throw things out there and I throw them out there in a way where they're unaware that it may lead to something else. But their response is so pure that there's mon no manipulation in it when I ask them certain things. So it's kind of like, you know, being out with your partner and say, you know what, if I ever cheated on you, how would you handle me at the height of y'all relationship when y'all feeling good about each other? Mm. You know, if, 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 if there was ever if you found out something about me that really made you uncomfortable, even though I'm a changed man, how would you handle that? Ask them that why they like you. Ask them that why the chemistry is good. Ask your children how they feel like parents should handle children. Ask them that when they are feeling good in the, and confident in themselves, not when they're afraid and timid and they know that they've done something wrong. So it's like, you know, how, how would you feel if, if, if I wanted a game and we we're, we're in the middle of playing the game, like, how would you feel if I wanted this same game right here, but I got an F in school and I got a D and I didn't tell you about it. And you, I kept telling you that I was doing well in school and you and you kept telling me, don't worry about you. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Or I kept telling them that don't worry about me. I'm doing well. And then I got my report card and it's the F on there. How would you handle me? My one said, I take this game away from you so quick. You ain't going to hurt my feelings like that. So if in the event that it manifests, I say, remember when you told me that taking away this this recreational activity would be an appropriate response? 
Now bring me your PS4. You see what I'm saying? Like, that's how I give it up. So That's nice. What do you think about that? I, I like that. I, I'm actually going to start implementing that bad boy. <laughs> um, you talked about all the things that you went through, the uh, not having a father, the, the being violated, the now being persecuted in the public. That could easily take away someone's uh, sense of self-worth. How do you maintain the confidence, the belief in yourself? And, and, and the knowing that you're worthy, knowing that you've been through all that you've been through, because there's many people who could have used that and said, you know, they, this is why I don't have belief in myself. This is why I don't love myself. This is why I doubt myself because of what happened. But every time I see your video, it seems like there's a lot of strength there. So explain that. You better know you. That's why I would love people to really consider seeking out every opportunity to get to know yourself so that you are not defined by the compliments See, I, I really always remind people, don't love yourself for nobody. Because there's going to come a time where they're going to want you to hate yourself, too. And if you love yourself for them, you're going to hate yourself for them. Mm. So the things that, like, keep me with some ground beneath my feet. Where I, I cannot tell you how many times I read my adoption contract where it says, you know, the financial report. Did, did, did I receive any gifts, any money? And it's no. You know, I will read it over and over and over again. I will stand on that truth. So when people will be saying these nasty things, accusing me of selling my baby and all kind of stuff, I will go back. I will read that adoption contract. I will remember what I know to be true about myself. And that will be the foundation. Like the truth going to always win, even if it take all day. If it if it's taking longer than you like for it to take. That means that there is something that you need to be taking away from this situation. And creation is buying you time to extract your lesson. That's why it's taking all day because you're missing something. It's something here that you're supposed to be picking up. But you want it to be over so soon that you're not getting what you're supposed to get from it. So allow me to allow you in this situation a little bit longer to buy you more time. Because after it's over, it's over. And if you don't get what you're supposed to get from it, you won't be equipped to make it to the next level in your life. So it's kind of like somebody being mad that they're at the gas station. Like, I hate the gas station, but your car is on it. I hate the smell of gas. It stinks so bad around here. Let's go. But your car is on it. I don't care how much you don't like the gas station. Fill up. Fill up so you can get up out of here. And if you are at the gas station longer than you desire to be there, it is because you better fill your reserves. Like it's some it's some something else that you're supposed to be taking away from this situation that you haven't gathered yet. So before you are relieved from it, because everything is on a timeline, everything is on a timeline. So you, you get a certain amount of time to get it. And if you don't get it by the time that it's supposed to get got, you will realize in the future like, oh, man, I wish I would have filled up. Because you may think that your journey is only like I'm only I'm only going down 20 miles. I'll be OK. I don't need to get no gas. And then you get on the highway and then you see like they got all of these detours. And now you've been stopped in traffic for two hours and then you look in your gas light on. Now, the only thing that you can think about, no matter how much you hate the gas station, is how you wish you would have filled up. So that's what I'd be doing. King, I'd be filling up mm. in those uncomfortable situations. I learned myself. What did you learn? What did it teach you? How can you protect yourself better? What can you share? If somebody asked you how to navigate through this, what would you tell them? So that's mm -hmm. what I'd be doing. 
Is it called uh, what you just described earlier about um, repeating the same thing until you get it? Is that called karmic relationships? It can be a form of a karmic relationship. Absolutely. Um, karmic anything is an opportunity for you to learn something that you didn't get before. Whether you positioned yourself to your detriment or to your elevation or evolution. When people think karma, they always think bad. And I'm at a place in my life where I genuinely welcome my karma. That's because I know who I am. Mm. And I know the seeds that I sow. I know that I am me when nobody's looking. I do right even when they do me wrong. So when you're in an uncomfortable situation and it feels like you're not being done right, and you feel like, is this my karma? Yeah, it might be your karma equipping you. You never know where you're going to go to next. You never know who you're going to meet. So your, your circumstances, your circumstances in life, make your intellect available for other individuals to tap in when the opportunity unveils itself. So many of us give, 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 but we have nothing to give and we feel consistently depleted. And it's because we didn't take advantage of our karmic situations where we know that there is something here that I'm supposed to be learning about myself and we're in a rush out of it and we just keep repeating it. So I just learned how to just be cool. Like, I ain't rushing out of nothing no more. I just learned how to wait my turn. Mm. Now, here's the, here's my next question. This will be my last question about this. Um, how do you know when something is karmic versus um, versus you supposed to be there? So, for example, let's say somebody is going through something over and over again or they're in a situation that seems to be unfortunate. Um, how do a person know that? How do they know the difference between I'm here because I didn't get the lesson or I'm here because this is just what I'm meant to go through, if that makes sense? I, I believe that those two are inter interwoven. They intertwine each other because you may be on your human assignment that is directly correlated from karmic debt from another assignment that you reproduced yourself because you were here to get it this time. So you might be in a situation that just feels like um, it just is the way that it is. And you might be in a situation that is that you're consciously aware that you need to take something away from it. But I don't believe in circumstances. I believe that you're always supposed to be taking something away, that you're always supposed to be learning something. So many times, if it doesn't feel good, we attach karma to it. Mm. So it's like, um, maybe this is karmic debt. Maybe I'm supposed to be taking something away from this because uh, I didn't do I didn't do what I was supposed to do last time or I slept through the opportunity to be upgraded last time. And then another unfortunate situation can manifest itself and it can be like, oh, well, that's just a misfortune. That's just a fluke. And I don't believe in flukes. Everything, every opportunity is an opportunity for you to get to know yourself. So I always ask myself, like, what did I learn from this? What did I learn from this? Because I know that on a on a conscious level, like celestial conscious level, that everything is everything. And absolutely no thing that happens is for nothing. Like it's all interweaving, it's all connected. So what is the reason? Because it might look like, it's kind of like the butterfly effect or how they say, you know, you pick a flower here and you move a galaxy in the universe. It's all interwoven. I don't believe that nothing is for nothing. So you might call it karma because you don't like the way that it feels. But what is it teaching you? You might call it an, 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 
an anomaly of a situation um, because this is the first time that you remember it happening to you. But you may experience a different variation or the same variation of that in the future. And now you realize that that too is karma. So I, I really believe that karma is directly correlated to your awareness of what you're supposed to be learning about your life. And karma is just a return of reflected energy. You know, Saturn is the planet of karma. Saturn and Jupiter just got in alignment. It hasn't happened like this since like 1600, the year 1600 in the atmosphere. It won't happen this way again for another 800 years, the way that Saturn and Jupiter have aligned within the universe. So Saturn is the planet of karma and Jupiter is the planet of success. You may not know how many times you man manifested yourself in a physical form. So this might be the lifetime that you get it and you get it early. And the planets align. And now your karma is that you figured it out this time. You might really drop the ball and you might have to learn really hard. And your karma is you got to just keep on finding your way. So it's all connected to your inner awareness. Everything is karmic. Everything is. Because it's a reflection of each other. Like you might be somebody else's karma, good or bad. Mm, that's deep. <laughs> so we're going to get into um, the entrepreneur side. Um, coming up into how you was able to utilize everything that you've been through and turn it into something that also can benefit you um, financially as well. Because, you know, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan says business is the activity of life. And I love teaching people or seeing people um, take their gifts and what they've been through and make it benefit for themselves and not be a slave uh, to the system that we see. Uh, so as I go into that, you're actually the first person whom... Uh, taught me about protecting my energy. <laughs> you would say things like, don't DM me. Um, if, if, if you're not booking good consultation, don't just DM me. I didn't invite you to my DM. So where did that come from of you having that type of mindset of you can't just come th throw up on me, basically puke, you know, all your problems without reciprocating that energy um, to me. So where did that come from? I was doing what I was doing before the Internet King. Like I, I was helping people before people knew globally that I had some help in me. So I would be in situations in my life where people would interrupt my life and inconvenience me and I would assist them. And then they would get into a better position and they would have like selective memory or amnesia or something. And, and they would do it in a way knowing that I would give from the depth of me and I would do it with no exchange. So I sowed so many seeds that taught me and I would reflect back on situations where if you would have handled that differently or if you would have took that gift that they offered you, you wouldn't be in this predicament. Or I would I did not always know how to ground myself and how to cleanse myself of certain energies. So somebody would come and put something on me and tell me about the most bizarre experiences that they're enduring. And I would gift them whatever's inside of me to assist them. But now I got your stuff mm. and I don't know how to get it off of me. And not only do I have your stuff, you didn't give me no means to get it off of me. So now I require an exchange. Like I can take the pressure. I'm tough. You can lean on me. I can take the weight. But after you lean on me, you must help assist me in requiring means to strengthen myself, to cleanse myself so that if you need to come around and lean on me again, I will be assistant to you. I will be of assistance 
to you. So that may look like currency. That may look like money. That may look like, uh, you know, a gift. And some people are like, well, how you charge for this or how you charge for that? How would I not? Because after what you just told me, after you done cheated on your wife and your mistress pregnant and you got, you know, this this going on and you're wanted for murder, like the kind of things that I deal with with people. And I just accept you and I just assist you in your situation. And now you better off and I done helped you navigate through and I done did sessions with you and your wife. I deserve a vacation after that. And you don't know where I want to go. So just give me some money and I, and I take myself where I want to go. Or after you just dumped on me and I just assisted you, I may need a massage. I may need a mini petty. So come on in with that. So that's just the ways that I've learned to take care of myself. And I require the exchange because other people don't know how to take care of me. So just give me some money. And I'll do it myself. Which takes me now to my next question, because you kind of touched on it. You know, people, for some reason, feel like a person like yourself, myself, who teaches well, shouldn't be compensated. But mm -hmm. somebody who work at McDonald's should or somebody who throw boxes on the truck should, I guess, because it's not physical labor. It's not they don't see it as physical energy. I can't, you're not sweating. You know, what I mean, can you talk about. Uh. The, the mental energy that that and the draining of dealing with the type of stuff that we deal with, what our people, um, all of the DMs that you get, maybe the emails that you get. Like, what does a person like you go through that people just doesn't they don't see? Well, I, I King. People. People be going through it and it be serious. I get messages of people. You know, I've gotten voice notes in my DM of women being beat by their husbands where they recorded it and they sent it to me and they running for their lives. I've gotten messages of, with men that are ready to commit suicide, then sent me DMs with the pistol in their mouth. You know, I've gotten messages of people who just had loved ones transition and put it all on me in my DM. My daddy did this happened, that happened. I get people, especially a lot of men, a lot of men have experienced a lot of sexual abuse and them brothers find a safe place in me and they dump that energy off in me. It's a lot of men that struggle with homosexuality that seem on the surface to be very much heterosexual and they find a safe place and they dump it on you. And it's like, think about this. Think about how you would feel after you just helped your friend or an associate navigate through a breakup or talk to them about their, their, their injustices at work with their crazy boss or the crazy coworker or their relationship with their mother or father that they have, or, you know, their delinquent son that just keeps on getting them into trouble. How do you feel after those conversations with the people that you love exhausted and you love them? Now imagine having to exchange that same level and apply everything that you are to assist them in life. Like you might feel that kind of way with no training. You might feel exhausted from doing your best to help them without really being able to assist them. So imagine if you were truly able to assist them and now you got to go in mm. and now you got to help them. You got to listen to them. You got to help them sort it out for what it is. Then you got to help them formulate a plan of action to get it done. And then you have to help them throughout getting it done if the plan needs to be adjusted throughout the time. That is a full-time, part-time job, and you still got to take care of yourself. Yeah. 
And people really think that you owe them help because you can't help them. And I live by the motto, it don't matter how much you got. It doesn't matter. Don't give it to people who don't deserve it. It doesn't matter how much you have. If they are unworthy of it, don't give it to them. Give people what they deserve from you, not what you want them to have. That way you don't feel like nobody's stealing from you. Mm. So in order for people to get my energy, you have to either ask me publicly and that's in front of everybody. Or you, if you want some of my private energy, I need some of your private money at your bank account because you want some of my private money, my private energy. And that's how I that's how I live my life. Like, I don't matter. It doesn't matter how much happiness I got. I'm not going to I'm not going to share it with you if you don't deserve to share my happiness. So that's why I position my life the way that I do. And people who. <laughs> it's amazing. I've even witnessed King. I witnessed some of the same people years ago who ridiculed me about how healing should be free. And I don't heal anybody. I just position you to heal yourself. I don't heal nobody. I just help you heal yourself. I always turn people back unto themselves. And I watch the same people who mock me and laugh at me and ridicule me are the same people talking about they don't give their services away for free no more. Mm. <laughs> don't DM them now. Respect their boundaries. And that's that's it. Like You just got to know what you deserve. And I don't care who you are. Respect yourself enough that you are not carrying around somebody else's energy unwarranted because they felt like you owed them you and you haven't even given you to yourself yet. Amazing. You don't know what people be going through. They don't know what Brother Ben X go through. They don't know. They don't have a clue. They see you. Yes, we watched you evolved. I'm grateful that you're doing well, but they don't have a clue what goes on in your house. What goes on in your family, your your marriage, they don't know. And somebody will have the audacity to try to take from you after you give so much and then be mad that you don't allow them to take from you. Not that you did nothing to them. They just mad that you won't allow them to steal your energy. Give me some of you for nothing. If you don't give me some of you for nothing, you a bad person. Give me some. And people have that level of audacity. So I just would love for people, whoever you are, however you are, manage yourself, manage your energy. Don't give it away. Treat your, you, you handle your energy like you handle your money. Hmm. Keep that, keep that, keep that in mind. So if you are always broke, that's because you always giving you away for free, require an exchange. Boom. So. There it is. Now y'all see why she, my grand sister, y'all. <laughs> um, Next question is you have speaking of that, you have a book and it's, it's called uh, Hurt to Help, right? Hurt to Help. Yeah, this Hurt to Help volume one. This is mine. I study this. Yeah, it's not bound because I study it. But this is Hurt to Help, Finding Your Healing Place, volume one. And it's it's the first quarter of my life. It's my childhood. It's um, it's how I got to where I am. Thus far, I'm actually working on volume two. Um, it took me years and years and years to actually get this out. I felt so vulnerable. Like, I didn't want people to know this. This is my real life. Like, I didn't want to share this. It was really um, my brother, Derek Grace, and I, we were very, very close at the time. And um, he is the one who really, like, I had, had it written. And he was like, Ajna, you know. What, what you holding on to it for? And I told him, like, I don't want people to know me that intimately. 
And he was like, girl, you better put that shit out. And I was like, but I don't want people to know. Like, that was his exact words. Like, and he was like, well, just charge them for getting to know you. Like, this is your real life. If you feel that, if you feel that exposed, then put a price on it. But get it out because you wrote it to get it out. And that is, that's hurt to help. It's a guide. If you think it's a book for entertainment, you will read it so quick and you'll be done with it. You'll put it to the side. It's really a guide. Mm. It'll help you if you let it. It'll bless your life. Mm. And where can they uh, where can they go get that book? Is it still available or is it sold out? It's still available. AjnasHealingPlace.com. In the hierarchy of hurt, like the, the creator had gave me an actual hierarchy. A way of, it's for, it's for, um, it's for pain, it's for healing and recovery. For pain, identity and recovery. So it's a way for you to identify where you are in your life, what your hurt stage is, and what you can do about it. And many of us don't realize that we can be at multiple stages at the same time. So I developed something that's called the hierarchy of hurt. And the hierarchy of hurt tells you, this is this, this is the sheet. It tells you your hurt level. So the first hurt level is amoratic hurt or ambiguous agony. And I give the analogy of a baby bird and hurt to health. And it's about like a bird falling from a high place, baby bird falling from a tree. And then when it hits the ground, it's so stunned that it doesn't know what happened. It's like in a daze. It's unclear about everything. It's kind of like lethargic in a way. And that's when a lot of us experience our first level of trauma. So it's like you can experience a divorce or you can have a parent or a child transition or you can lose your job and or you can experience something like you can have a car accident that changes your life. And then from that moment, like you just lose touch with reality. Like it's just like, where am I? What happened? And then you move on to the second stage and that's hurt and denial. And that's when you feel everything that you're feeling, but you convince yourself that it didn't happen. So that looks like you having to go plan your mom's funeral or your father's or your child's funeral or navigate through experiencing losing a job. And how you're going to put your finances back together or coming home every day and your spouse is no longer there because you're in the middle of divorce. And you tell yourself like this isn't happening to me while it's happening to you. And then you keep digging yourself deeper and deeper and deeper in being hurt in denial. And then the next tier, the third tier is hurt to hurt. And that's when you finally reach a point where you cannot deny that it happened to you, that you are hurt. And you're mad about it. And you want to make sure that everybody pay. Everybody, the people who did it, the people who ain't got nothing to do with it, you may walk in the house and kick the dog like you just mad. You, you feel you feel in some kind of way. And you want to make other people feel how you feel. That's when you're hurt to hurt. And then the fourth tier is being hurt to help. And that is when you reach a stage in your journey where you don't, you're no longer focused on wanting other people to feel how you feel. You just want to do your best to get out of the place that you feel. And you want to do anything that you can to assist other people from having to experience what you've experienced. And if they're in the middle of experiencing what you experienced, you do your best to assist them out of it because now you know your way out and now you've been hurt to help. So those are the that's the hierarchy of hurt. Those are the tears. And you can be hurt to help on, on multiple stages. You may be hurt to help in the relationship with your mother. Like you may have healed the relationship with your mother or with your children. And you can help other people with that. So now you hurt to help. Like I can help you with that. I know a little bit about that. 
and you might be hurt in denial about the relationship with your partner where you know you would that everybody else can see that you're being drugged through the mud if you convince yourself that y'all still doing well and you may be hurt to hurt about your ex you know or you may be hurt um ambiguous agony about what's what's happening with your business where you have been experiencing so many things you've been experiencing so many things and it's causing you Jaren, stop playing with me. my son right here he my son right here he did. the cat's tooth fell out his tooth fell out. His tooth fell out. He a baby. Your teeth. Remember when your teeth fell out? So is he growing up and getting? Yeah, he's teeth? growing up. He's gonna get no teeth. He's a kitten. Uh, he was playing with cardboard. What do you think about that, son? Oh, something that was having cute, still like a little baby. No, he's he no, he's he's a he's growing up just like you. Is that all right with you? Can he grow up with you? Okay. Can I finish what I'm doing right here? Yep. Thank you so kindly. Come on. <laughs> All right. We got we got a kitten that's growing up around here. <laughs> um so some people are asking about the site. Now, I, my next question was going to be about the healing place. Is the healing place and the book found under the same website or are they two different websites? Yeah, ajnashealingplace.com. Okay, and then her Instagram is underscore underscore ajna, A J N A. That is correct, King. Thank you for getting it right. People be jacking my Mac. Thank you so much. And it's Ajna's with a, with an S? Um, Ajna's Healing Place. Ajna's Healing Place.com? Yes. Dot yes, com yes. if y'all want to uh, support her. Now, let's end off with the healing place because mm -hmm. now you're at that point of uh, uh, being hurt, now helping people all around the world. Um, so talk about the healing place. What is that about? What do people receive when they get inside of the healing place? A support system. Genuine. You get private lessons. Um, we do exercises together. Like in our newsletter, we do a lot of private things together. So we, if you decide to be a subscribed member of the healing place, you we do books of the month. We do movies of the month. You get a, um, I'm working on revamping our financial component, which is something that I wanted to talk to you about. We're going to have to book a um then you're going to have to talk about something because my people really, really want some assistance. And, you know, I don't talk about what I don't know about. So um, mainly we do like chakras of the month. We do meatless recipes of the month and we share these experiences amongst each other and we study together and we commit throughout. And it's a genuine support system. It's a safe place for you to evolve. The healing place is really the no judgment zone. Come as you are. Your form don't matter. We're only interested in your formless matter. What that soul do. Mm. And that's what we do in the healing place. There it is, family. Here. So Ajna's um, healing place dot com. Yep. dot com. So if you listen to this on Facebook, YouTube, and when you hear this on the audio, Ajna's healing place dot com what words would you like to close out with for people who experience what all we experienced in 2020 2020 people called covid 2020 people lost lives 2020 people lost jobs and uh they want to go into 2021 a lot better than uh what they experienced in 2020 so what words of wisdom would you like to leave them with everybody who experienced what they experienced in 2021 well i would love for people to to deal with the reality that wherever you are at, that is where you will be. 
and you will never be able to escape yourself. So you're going to take you into 2021 with you. Mm. So who are you? Who are you to yourself? Who are you to your children if you have them? Who are you to your companion if you have one? Who are you? Because that is your only leverage in life. Who you are. And nothing around your situation will change for the better until you do. So what are you willing what are you willing to sacrifice? There there is um there is a currency exchange by way of salt in the universe. It only accepts salt. It is except the salt from the sweat of your brow, from the salt of your tears, or from the blood of your sacrifice. So what kind of salt are you offering? And make it worth it. Wherever you at, that's where you'll be. There it is. Outside of your uh, of your Instagram, is there any other social media that you would like to give out for them to follow you on? They can follow me on Facebook if they want to. Ajna Sarah on Facebook. Um, I'm actually in the process of revamping my entire um, connected, my cyber connection. So if you guys just stay stay diligent and be patient, I'm about to open up an entire new avenue for us to connect and build with together. And if you're just looking for a non, the healing place is like the no judgment zone. Just come as you are. As long as you don't disrespect us and you don't try to make us be who you, who you are comfortable with. As long as you don't try to make your God, our God and stuff like that. Just, just come and love and learn and heal yourself. You're going to be safe with us. I do. I do my best to keep the healing place safe. That's why I don't allow gossiping and, it's a lot of things that we just don't do to keep the environment safe. So I don't know. I, you will really have to ask a healing place member. What is their healing place experience? Because I'm, I'm so busy making sure that the experience is good for the members. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of like asking a chef how their food tastes. Yeah. That's how I am with the ABS tribe too. I'd be like, ask the student. The ABS <laughs> tribe is so lit. It is so amazing it is so amazing i have such a level of of adoration for you and respect for you that i am an abs tribe member and i don't even be on the calls but i pay my i pay my monthly subscription a matter of fact i need to update my credit card too because i had to get new cards um before it come out this month but i i'm diligent about that and just love on your people like i would love for you all to to really consider the fact that we can make life so good for one another we can we can do it for each other. You've got something that somebody else needs and somebody else has something that you need. And if we stop being selfish, we can really complete this cipher of life amongst each other. Like I look for people all the time whose strengths are my weaknesses. Mm. And I would love for other people to do the same without trying to manipulate them. Just enjoy them if they allow you to. And I would like to say publicly, which I already have on Twitter, this is a sister who uh, inspired me to um, increase my limits that I had in my own head. Literally two years ago, we was traveling and we was having dialogue about, you know, our goals and income goals and what we wanted to do. And I had some small goals, y'all. I was like. I just want $3,000 a month. That's all I need. Man. That's going to cover all my bills. I ain't got to worry about nothing. I'm like, man, I just want to make $50,000 a year. And she challenged me like $50,000 a year. That's it. You know, this is something that we should get a month. 
And to know that uh, I had somebody who saw that in me when I only saw $3,000 a month in myself uh, is really a blessing. And that's why I call her my grandsister. She's always been there when I needed her. She's always there to encourage me when she saw something that I needed. She don't mind DMing it to me. And uh, there was also one time where, uh, man, I didn't you even have to embarrass me. <laughs> <laughs> there was, there was also this one time where, um, man, I didn't even have the money to get home, y'all. I was traveling, man, and I'm paying, and I just want to be a part of helping teach our people. I didn't have no products that was selling, and we got to one spot, man. I don't know where we was, DC, Tampa. I don't know where we was. And she literally helped me out with my ticket getting home. If she didn't help, I wasn't going to have no money uh, to actually get home. So this is the type of sister uh, that I'm dealing with. So when y'all hear me call her grand sister, it's because she's really been there. She's really helped me out personally in my life. Just me studying her videos and her pouring into me, helping me see more of myself when I didn't see it. So I want to publicly say thank you again uh, for what you've done as well. I say. Well, you know what, grandbrother, if you are my grandbrother, please know you will forever have an asset in me. And it's it's such an honor to watch your evolution. And I remember that. I remember you being so emphatic and and you know, I love I love the honorable minister and the things that he teaches and how I've been able to witness his teaching change the lives of men around me for the better. I have a tremendous amount of respect for the nation, which is the reason why I got this turtleneck on. Y'all know I used to be having these titties out, but you know, y'all know you got to give respect where it's due. And um, I remember speaking to you about when you were just aiming for three grand a month. And he was like, you know, the minister said, you know, a man should be modest. And I said, you know what? You know what? That's true. However, who do you expect to help on three grand a month? You know, that's not enough money to to assist anybody 50 grand a year that's that's a job so it's such an honor to watch you um recently i witnessed for myself you made 50 grand in two days on your journey and i cried tears of joy sitting in the house by myself and i was just so grateful because when you when you can see something in somebody and when they finally see it in themselves and they bring it fully into fruition it's just beautiful. You're an amazing man. You're a great father. From what I know, you're a great husband to your wife. You're an asset to your community. You're genuine. And um, the best is yet to come. Like people people should know, if they mad right now, they mad for nothing. Because you're just getting started. And you forever will have an asset in me. Thank you. I love you, my grandbrother. I got love a lot too. of love for you. Love you too. Thank you. Well, I thank you for joining the podcast. Uh, we definitely got to get you back on. Uh, so we're about to close out. Make sure that y'all follow her on Instagram, underscore, underscore, A-J-N-A, uh, Ajna. And uh, if you guys want to get her book, which I think would be very beneficial for you guys, especially when you're overcoming that trauma that you have and the healing place, go to Ajna's, with an S, Ajna's Healing Place.com. Thank you for joining us today on the podcast. Thank you. Peace. Peace. All right, family. Woo. Great podcast, man. Listen, I got to get out of here. As she said, uh, there's been a lot of uh, a lot of growth. Um, but y'all heard that story. I do have some news for everybody watching. Y'all know Bitcoin has went up to like 34, 34,000. It has reached its peak. There's ways to make money. 
in Bitcoin right now. A lot of people are asking about Bitcoin right now. There is a lot of people expecting it to fall like everything does, like the dollar is falling. Everything goes up and things go down. There's ways to make money even when the stocks go down as well to where you're not just doing something hoping that it goes up in the form of gambling. Tonight, I'm going to be going live with one of our uh, BWO members, Black World Order. We have a program that we're pushing out to give people a roadmap all 2021. We're giving free game tonight on our Instagram, but I want y'all to text. I want y'all to text me because I'm going to text y'all whenever we go live. I want y'all to text the word, just the word, Bitcoin to 214-884-4644. If somebody in the comment section can help me out because I don't want nobody to say I didn't see the number. Text the word Bitcoin. That's it. Just text the word Bitcoin all together, one word, to 214-884-4644. We want to help y'all put yourselves in position tonight. There's a lot of wealth transfer about to happen. There's a lot of news about this cryptocurrency and stocks that other communities know that we don't. We just know it in the form of gambling. Here, put some money in there. I hope it goes up. No, that is not the only way to do it. There's a strategy to doing it. And there's a way to manage this to where you ain't even got to work a job. You can make money off of that. That's what my brother Chris Cole is going to be teaching on Instagram uh, tonight, giving a little game on that. And of course, for Black World Order members, he's going to go more into detail. But I want y'all to tune in tonight. Because he's going to answer a lot of y'all questions that y'all been asking. Uh, how do I get it? What is it? How do I manage it? What do I need to open up? All those basic questions y'all been asking. I've been looking at them and I've been letting them know. So I said, hey, bro, let's go live tonight. Let's answer some of their questions. So I want y'all to text Bitcoin. One word, not separated. Bitcoin to 214-884-4644. And tonight I shoot y'all a text when we're live on Instagram. You will need Instagram, guys. You need Instagram. So uh, I'll shoot y'all that text when we live. I thank y'all for listening. Please share this with your friends and family. She gave a lot of information today that I think could be very healing for our community. Um, man, I, I, whether you went through what she went through or not, the principles that I was striving to pull out of her on how she uh, uh, on how she overcame that, I really think it, it can be applied to all of us. So please share this 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 interview with your friends, with your family, with somebody because it could possibly change their life. So I thank y'all for listening to the Brother Ben X podcast. Y'all have a blacktastic night. Assalamualaikum.